is right the devils are on a nine game winning streak can you believe that welcome everybody to the trap podcast i'm your host bill botch it has been a week since i've talked to you guys and it's been an interesting week for me especially but as devil fans this has been an amazing week we're going to go through everything first i want to catch you up on what's been going on in my life so I've got three kids. I got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old, and we have had a trip to Disney planned for the past about a half a year. COVID prevented us from going last year. Um, So it was cool. We flew down there with a couple of friends and their families, um, and then my brother, who was on the podcast before, came and drove up from Jupiter, Florida, and uh, and met up with us and his three kids. We stayed at the Grand Floridian, and... I was disappointed that I wasn't, I I really wanted to go to Disney with my kids and experience this with my kids and, you know, the whole, the whole super dad thing. But I was really disappointed that I was going to miss greeting the devils when they came home, uh, back to Newark after that Western road trip where they swept Vancouver, Edmonton and Calgary. And I was really excited to see the, the, um, the response that they got from Devil fans at home when they were to play in Newark. So I wasn't there, but what we were able to do was we went to um, we went to the Magic Kingdom all day on Tuesday, and there was a hurricane down there. So we got super wet. We walked around in the rain. We walked like ten miles in the rain with the kids, and we went on all the rides and did all the fun stuff. But at the end of the day, we the guys kind of let it be known that we were going to try to make it out and catch the the devil's game. So what we did was my brother and I were kind of looking at our watches throughout dinner and we were like, you know, it's getting close and we weren't sure if we were going to make it, but we, so we made it about, we made it, we missed the first period, but we ended up, we hopped in an Uber and we took it to Disney Springs and we found a sports bar there that would put the game on for us. So not only did he put it on, he put it on like a, I'm not exaggerating, like a 150 inch screen in the middle of the bar. It was really cool. So we sat there, we pounded a bunch of drinks and then we watched the uh, pretty much the second half of the Devils game or the last two periods of the Devils game. Now, obviously the Devils, got off to a really slow start in the game. They were outplayed for most of the game. But um, they did have two goals that were taken back, uh, one off of Siegenthaler, one off of Sharon Govich. Um, but more importantly, it was cool to see Dougie Hamilton score versus his uh, former team. But more importantly is good teams find a way to win games when they get outplayed or when they don't give their best effort. 
So to see them come back, you know, Calgary obviously wanted a piece of New Jersey after losing to them at home. So they were able to, I mean, their resilience card was pulled again. They were able to squeak one out. You have to, uh, you have to be happy with being able to pull away with two points when maybe you don't deserve it. So the Devils were able to pull away with that. We drank a bunch of beers and we we went back to the hotel. Um, on Wednesday, we ended up going to Epcot. Oh, no, Animal Kingdom. So we went to Animal Kingdom, which if you haven't been there, I really suggest going on the Avatar ride. It was really intense and it was super fun. So we got dumped on there. It was, it was pouring rain, but we we had a really great time. So then we were already planning Thursday. All right, how are we going to get out of dinner early or what are we going to do on Thursday to try to make the game? We realized that this wasn't going to happen and we only go to Disney. You know, it's not like we go to Disney often. There's a million devil games. So we said, all right, what we're going to do is we have the MSG Go app. We're going to just watch the game from start to finish after we get done with dinner. So we didn't check out our phones or we didn't look for any updates. Um, what was cool was I was wearing my devil's gear down there and I would walk around and I would see some people would give me some shout outs or I'd see somebody with some devil stuff on and we'd give them a shout out. So we were leaving dinner at um, Epcot on Thursday and uh, the, the game had already started. We had planned on watching it in the lobby of the hotel and recording. Um, so as we were leaving, some uh, somebody had a devil's hat on, and I said, you know, let's go devils. And then everybody started, you know, yelling and cheering. And then somebody said, oh, it's a 2-2 game after the first period. And I was like, oh, geez, all right. So we kind of knew what the score was going into the game. So what we did was we went, we put the kids down, and then we watched, uh, we got the computer out, brought it down to the lobby hotel, grabbed a couple beers, and we put the game on. Now the game, we didn't start watching till like 10 o'clock at night. So as the game went on and Nico Heischer eventually scores that, that goal in overtime, we were freaking out in the lobby and the lobby is like a big atrium. So it was loud. It was very loud, but it was like 1230 at night and all of these people were sleeping because they had to bring their kids to the amusement parks in the morning. So we were kind of asked to leave. Um, so we weren't able to record. But with that said, uh, th the Senators game was awesome. So, you, you know, Nico Heischer is a guy, I brought it up before the season started. I said, if he has 30 goals, he's going to be a guy that could be a Selkie finalist. He's kind of pivoting from Selkie finalist to MVP type of season right now. And do I think he'll get it? No, I don't. But what happens is if you put up a season the way that he does, a heart trophy type season, if he continues on this pace, um, which, which I'm not sure if I expect it, but he looks pretty dominant when he has the puck. He's scoring in really clutch situations. If, if, you're pu if you put up a season like this, seasons moving forward, you have more eyes on you and it enables you to possibly win that. How many times have we seen a defenseman just play such an amazing year, doesn't win the Norris Trophy, 
you know, they realize that they probably should have given it to him in a prior year and they give it to him um, in a year where maybe he's a little less deserving. There was someone else that deserved it a little more. So I do think Nico Heischer is getting a lot of eyes on him right now. He's playing, he's playing unbelievable. I brought it up in a past podcast where his release is something that no one really talks about. I'm telling you, Nico Heischer has a very, very deceptive, sneaky, quick release. He was never known for being a shooter. But if you remember that shot that he had in overtime versus Ottawa, that was wicked. That was a sick shot. It ended up, it hit the post, but he has consistently been scoring on coming down, kind of working over to that left wing and taking shots from way above the circles or right outside the circles and beating goalies in the far, um, on the far post. Nico Heuser's shot is, is legit. And I don't know if it's something that maybe he had to grow into and it was more strength, but it has been sneaky good and it's definitely going to result in more goals for him. He, it looks like he's worked on it a lot. So I was really excited um, with what I've seen from him and I was really excited to see him get that tip and get his second goal of the game and win that game in overtime. That was extremely exciting. Now, obviously the story of that game was um, Vitek Vanacek takes a, a blow to the head and ends up having to take himself out late in the third period. Now, Schmid comes in, and he's a 22-year-old kid. He was drafted in the fifth round. Um, he's from Switzerland. He's looked good in the AHL, but, boy, like you could not have expected him to come in and play the way that he did. The Senators ended up getting that power play in overtime, and he was robbing people. And the confidence that that must have gave him and the response from the crowd, even through the computer, you know, down in Florida, it was just electric. And I was so happy for him. You know, one of the things that would really impress me was his positioning. He did not look out of position at all. He was not, you know, scrambling around in the crease. He was very square to the puck. He looked like he was in total control. He had a couple saves where he had to move across the net and he was square. I was really, it looks like, it looks legit. It doesn't look like a guy that's just making, standing on his head for a couple periods and making a very, um, and making some saves that are that are not sustainable. So, I I I was really impressed with the way Schmid played. Um, so he comes out and he's gonna start. They announced that he's gonna start in last night's game versus the Arizona uh, Coyotes. And I went to the game last night. So what happened was we, we flew in um, from Orlando into Newark. I got in at like three thirty. I live down by Asbury Park, so by the time we got all of our stuff loaded up and got down here, it was about 4 o'clock. I had one of my buddies come over at 4.45. We drove up to the game, and man, like the, the difference between two weeks, between before the Western Canada road trip and then last night's game, I mean, the energy around the rock was awesome, and it was as a season ticket holder, like this is what I'm kind of looking forward to when I'm buying when I'm buying an entire 42 game package. So it was great to see all these people there. I brought a buddy who's not necessarily a big hockey fan, but he respects sports. He's a big soccer guy. He's he's into sports, and he was really impressed with it. And 
everybody was hanging out. We stopped by American Whiskey and we popped our heads in and checked out um, the Let's Go Devils podcast. They had Chico on. They had Bruce Driver on. Nick Villiano is, is, is good. He knows his shit. If you guys, I mean, I'm sure you guys listen to that. If you're listening to my stuff, you're probably definitely listening to his. I really respect his opinion, and I think he just handles himself and talks really well. So kudos to you, Nick. That was, uh, you had a cool setup going on over there. The place was jammed. People were out in the streets and drinking and having a good time, and there was definitely good vibes all around. Um, Seton Hall had a game at The Rock yesterday, so uh, you weren't able to get in till 6 p.m., and I think because it was such a nice day, it led to a lot more people being outside of the arena, and um, it just created a really cool atmosphere. It was really cool to see. Um, shout out to the Brat Pack. Everybody was there wearing their shirts and having a good time. And um, they definitely, I mean, first of all, like, it, I'm sure it took a lot of work getting everybody together. So, you know, that's, you know, kudos to him for putting that together and making that happen. But I'm telling you, like, it's stuff like that that goes a really long way, um, especially in a small market like New Jersey. So having everybody out there and you guys getting the Sorry Lindy chant going, it was it was one of the it was one of the more feel good things I've ever experienced at a sporting event, and I've been to a lot. I was a Giants season ticket holder, I was a Devils season ticket holder. I'm just an avid sports fan, and the Sorry Lindy chant was one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of at a sporting event. And that's not something that one person can start doing and get everybody to do. There was a group of you guys, and I, I think it was the Brat Pack that were up there and started it and to get it going is it really brings you know i talked about how like we treated lindy ruff almost like an outsider it really felt like a sense of unity a sense of people admitting they're wrong a sense of acceptance and um and it was funny to see ruff's reaction after the game where he accepted everyone's apology and laughed about it and said hey you know like one day we got to we got to have some beers you know devils fans and me have to have some beers together and talk about it and catch up or whatever and i thought that was really cool of him i thought he handled the whole situation on opening night really well he took it full you know he took it like a man and basically said these guys these fans are passionate and they want to see they want to see their their team win and they're tired of losing and i understand that and they deserve to win and they're paying money and blah 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 and then for fans to take it upon themselves to acknowledge that they were wrong and to let it be known out loud was really just it was it showed a lot of class and it showed a lot of unity and the excitement and the vibe in the rock last night was awesome it was the closest thing there has not been a game that i have been to where it has been that kind of energy since the playoffs in 2000 and whatever the hell it was with when they played um with the taylor hall year when they played tampa so we went to game three and the place was rocking for sure but for a regular season game last night was our first sellout of the year and it was good man just feeling like every time schmied would touch the puck if it was a dump in he would touch the puck everybody would would give him the big schmied and um it was it was something special is happening here 
and it's resonating with the fan base. And even Elliot Freeman brought it up on um, 32 Thoughts, and he was just saying how it was, you, you know, he remembers going back to the old barn at Continental Airlines Arena or Brendan Byrne or whatever you want to call it. And when the Devils were really a powerhouse and the team going in there, like, our fan base is, like, pretty savage. And he brought up Putty and he brought up, um, you know, the the Seinfeld episode where people were – they were serious about their team, and he said this was the first time that he's been to a game or seen a game in New Jersey where the fan base really looks like they are buying in, and they are it's res- and the wins are resonated with the resonating with the community, and I really think that goes a long way because when you have a tougher building to play in, I do believe the players feed off of the excitement and the energy in the crowd, and I think that goes with anything. I mean, if you go to a concert and and the fans are really into it and they give energy to the band and the band gives the energy back. And I believe the same thing happens in sports as well. So, uh, shout out to the Brat Pack. He had everybody on the ice after the game. He was able to set that up with the devils, which I thought was really cool by the organization and the Brat Pack. And sure enough, Jesper Brat comes out. He, now I saw he had his old man and his girlfriend in town. That's super cool. So Jesper Brat comes out onto the ice after the game and took a picture with everybody. But I, I loved what you guys did where you, you were chanting eight more years. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that makes people want to stick around. That's the kind of experience. He might have played it cool and everything, and but he's still a 23- or 24-year-old kid and having 200-and-something people out there acknowledging him, wearing shirts with his name on it, telling them that they want to stick around for the maximum amount of term that you're allowed to have. I really do believe like you can't, that stuff goes a long way. And I think for the fan base and the, and the Brat Pack and the Devils organization to put all that stuff together is going to just entice him and incentivize him more to want to stay here and hopefully sign a deal where, the Devils don't get bent over. I, he deserves to get paid good money, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I hope it clears up some of the, you know, it's been a tough negotiation the past two contracts, and hopefully just experiencing just genuine appreciation for a person with all those people around and setting all that up will bring the two sides together and then they can make something happen sooner rather than later. So we don't have to worry about this moving into the future. So, um, shout out, shout out to everybody that was a part of all the stuff going on at the game last night. I feel like it was, there was a lot going on. It was, it was very much like a playoff atmosphere, whether it was before the game or and, and after the game. So, um, well done. Well done by everybody and well done by all the fans and everybody for getting out there and being vocal and being loud and being excited. Bauman was on his game getting the devil chant going. It was cool. It was like it was like being at a an old school game and having really passionate fan base around. So that was really awesome to see. Um you have to be happy with the way that Schmid played. Now the Devils are going up to Canada. They have uh they have Montreal on Tuesday, and they sent Nico Dawes down. So that means that Vitek Vanacek is going to travel with the team. Whether or not he plays, we'll have to wait and see. But that is still good news because I think Vanacek is, gives us the best chance to continue this uh, winning streak, which, by the way, is 
the biggest winning streak that the Devils have had in 15 years. So, you know, how many times have the Devils gone on like a losing streak where you lose two, you lose three, and then next thing you know, we lost six or we lost eight of the last ten. And then you go on a losing streak like that, your season's over. Well, it's kind of the opposite. You go on a nine-game winning streak, that puts you at such an advantage for a chance to make the playoffs. And that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. But when you win nine games in a row and, what is it, 11 of their last 12, you put yourself in such a good situation moving forward because you are going to have valleys. It's not going to, we're going to lose some games. But when you get off to a start like this, it allows you a little bit of a leash. So right now, Money Puck has us at a 90% chance of making the playoffs right now. You know, when the Devils do and eventually lose, and let's say they lose three in a row or two in a row, we got to give them a little bit of slack. It can't, we can't just, it's not fair to turn it into same old, same old devils. It's not the same old devils. And everybody knows that. And the people that are going to say that, you have to just brush them off. Especially the trolls on Twitter and whatnot. I saw a guy today posting that, well, I've been a Devils fan since uh, the early 90s. And before everyone gets ahead of himself, we haven't played anybody good yet. It's like, nobody wants to hear that shit. Like, you know... Tell me, you're a miserable person. Is that, is that what you, you could just write that, you know? You don't, have to, you don't have to ruin everybody else's time. It's like, they beat the Stanley Cup champions. Then they beat Edmonton on the road, and they beat Calgary twice. Don't tell me that we haven't played anybody good. There's going to be people like this. That as soon as the Devils lose, there's going to be people that just, you know, go off on a tangent, and it's like, don't listen to it. If you're like me, you've been watching the game long enough. You don't need anybody to tell you what what is going on. Now, you know, one of the guys that's polarizing to me is Brendan Smith. And it's Brendan Smith says and does a lot of things. He looks like a great locker room guy, but I still think he's taking way too many penalties and he is caught out of position. It's like you have Kevin Ball there. Kevin Ball, I'd rather let Kevin Ball make the mistakes that Brendan Smith is making, knowing that he's going to learn from them and his ceiling is a lot higher. I don't think there's any difference between Brendan Smith and Kevin Ball. I think Kevin Ball should be given an opportunity to play. And I also think that it does, it, 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 you know, it kind of puts a little more pressure on Severson playing with him too. But um, there's really not too much to complain about. I think that um, I like what Lindy did yesterday. Halla has not been finishing. He had a rough game last night. He's had a ton of opportunities, but he just he's just snake bit and he can't get it. He can't put the puck in the net. So I've said it all along. I kind of feel like Sharon Govich should be playing with Hughes because he opens up the ice for him. And it's like Sharon Govich has a very tricky shot. He's got a very He's got a, a hard shot. Like, I think you should be given 
he should be given more of an opportunity to play with Hughes. So they did. They switched that up the other night, and I thought that that was, I thought that was a, a smart move by Ruff. Um, the Devils are in first place in the Metro Division and third place in the NHL right now. It's crazy. They were saying Dougie Hamilton, I mean, he had a goal last night. Dougie's been a force. He looks like a totally different player. And they asked him after the game last night, they said, you know, you you look completely different. What do you what do you think? You know, how do you feel compared to last year? And he says, it's it's day and night. He says he feels completely different. Completely different player. And you could tell, I mean, he looks good, man. Dougie Hamilton is like when he's on the ice, the Devils are playing offense. Period. That's it. You get games where he has seven, ten shots on net in one game as a defenseman. The guy drives offense. And he's good on the power play. And that's something the Devils are 19th in the league on power play right now. You know, our first unit is sick. But when our second unit's out there, we can't get anything going. So... I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm at the point where I would keep the first unit out there for as long as possible at this point. Um, Just because I I don't see, I mean, I feel like the second unit doesn't really even get set up. But the first unit's deadly. And I think that that, I think that they're going to move up. I don't, I don't see them still being 19th in the league on the power play in the next two months or a month and a half. It was good to see Jack Hughes score a goal last night. Man, he came down the... I was actually on the glass last night, which was kind of cool. It was my first time ever sitting uh, along the glass. I typically like being up a little bit. So I like being like row 15 to like 22. So I could look down the ice a little bit and get a better view of the ice. Um, But I ended up getting tickets. I had tickets um, that were on the glass at the face-off circle where the Devils shoot twice. And Hughes came down on the wing, and, man, it was with speed. I don't know who was playing defense, but, man, they were just – it looked like they were standing still. Hughes came in with speed, and he had a sick shot right in the upper corner. Nobody was stopping that. That was a really pretty goal. It was good to see him put one in the net. He's had a couple – you know, we we were talking about him, and me and my brother were talking about him in Florida, and it's like – I feel like when he gets in tight to the goal that he the puck he doesn't lift the puck. I feel like it you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pad saves in tight around the goal and obviously it's harder to lift the puck the closer you get to the net. But I do think that he's going to start finishing more and um if he's able to you know get the puck over the goalie's pad when he comes in on those breakaways or when he kind of drives to the net with speed, if he's able to f- raise the puck if you've ever seen like Connor McDavid when he drives the drives the net he's going upstairs all day and that's and that's because the goalies have to cover the entire you know they have to cover the entire net so they're they're always in the splits if you're coming across their face you have to be able to raise the puck so I don't think that seems like something that even a novice hockey player kind of gets the hang of pretty quick I don't I think it's just a fluke to be honest with you so I don't think you get picked number one overall because you don't, you can't lift the puck at the uh, in front of the net. But my point is, 
it was good to see him like finish with a th- and he finished with authority, which is which is really nice to see. Um, and I think he's poised for a breakout because he looked really good versus Ottawa too. He looked great last night. Um, I think Jack Hughes is ready to kind of kick it into next gear. To be honest with you, he's got that next gear. We all know he does. Um, the speed, controlling the game, puck on a stick. It's exciting. Um, Devils did make a move while I was away where they named Marty Brodeur executive VP of Hockey Ops, which I think is another great move by the organization. I mean, Marty Brodeur was on the business side. And it's good to know the business side, but he is a hockey player at heart. And he is a, he's a damn, I mean, he's a legend. And I think that when you're evaluating talent and when you're talking about mentality and what it takes to win and a guy that's been around so many amazing, legendary hockey players for so long, he can definitely get a, an idea or a read on a kid and try to find those same attributes in young players that he saw with the players that he came up with and what he's what just the way that he thinks personally. So I and I think it's going to be easier to draw and attract people to New Jersey now that we're winning. Now that we have a pipeline filled with young talent that have yet to play with us which you know as exciting as this all is and it is very exciting. So I'm not taking anything away from this at all, but I'm so excited to see like Luke Hughes play. I'm so excited to see Nemitz play. I can't wait till all these kids are playing with the big club. You have to be completely just off the top of my head. You have to be happy what you've seen with Zetterland. I mean, Zetterland looks like he's fit in. Zetterland and Tatar. Tatar and Zetterland have like filled in and like stepped their game up since Andre Palat went out. We're doing this all without Palat. And I, I just feel like Tatar in particular, you know, Zetterlin's playing for his job. Zetterlin's playing to stay in the lineup. It's like Tatar is really, he's really stepped up. He has. And he's had a, you know, he's had stretches where he's had a rough go of it, where he hasn't been able to put the puck in the net or he's taken some stupid penalties. But I've been really happy with what you, you have. Everyone should be very happy with what they've seen out of Tatar the past couple games because he looks like he's kind of finding the groove and playing alongside Heischer. If you can get a guy that can finish, which he can, and he's like a pro. Like Tatar's been around for a minute. He knows he knows the game. He knows how to conduct himself. He knows how to finish. If you can get him kind of greased up and firing on all cylinders playing alongside Heischer and you have Zetterlin out there like a madman all over the ice which I mean you got to like what you've seen out of Zetterlin on the power play too I mean they were letting him fire and he was just teeing him up and he was hitting the net and it was that's impressive how many years I mean has it been Zaka like shooting the puck six feet over the net Zetterlin was just one and it's you know no hesitation just blasting it when it came to him, wanting to shoot, not feeling like I'm on the ice with Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer, and they should be really, really, they should be the ones taking the shot because they're the superstars of the team. No, he was like, oh, hell no. When it comes to me, I'm blasting this. And that's the kind of mentality you need, and that's the kind of, you know, 
you have to have that. You have to have that. I know what I'm doing. I've been working on this forever. This is, this is why I'm out here and you're not in over your head. So all good things, all good things. I'm curious to, um, I'm curious to see if Vanacek plays on Tuesday versus Montreal. And then who else do we have? We have Montreal and then Toronto. Let's check it out. Yeah, so we have Toronto on Thursday. That's going to be a tough game. And then we have Ottawa on Saturday afternoon. Fun stuff. Man, this is this is great. And um, I'm going to be recording more often. It's been, I had a, I had the flu two weeks ago. I was in Disney last week, um, but I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to try to get you the best content. I took some cool videos. If you guys don't follow me on Twitter, um, I'm the Trap Podcast on Twitter. Check me out. I post some videos from the games and stuff like that. And I, uh, I retweet some stuff that I find important or I find interesting, but we have a we have a lot to be excited about, and I'm basically uh, I'm gonna probably record once to twice a week moving forward, and I'll probably record after the uh, the Maple Leafs game. But in the meantime, uh, I hope you guys are all enjoying your weekend, enjoying this winning streak, and c- congratulations and thanks to all of you for coming out and supporting the team and bringing the energy and the passion that these players and these guys deserve because they're playing their ass off right now. So well done. Well done by everybody. Um, yeah. So from the trap, it's Billy Botch and I'm signing off. Peace.